The Ziggler Show comes from the legacy of Zig Ziggler and brings together personal and professional growth, business success, and faith. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. In this episode, Declare Your Vision. I have an incredible and powerful story to share with you. It's a personal testimony, not of some hoodoo guru, you know, speak it into life kind of stuff, but just a, a floundering, good-hearted guy who went through failure after failure. You'll be surprised uh, at the depth of some of them, but through it all, achieved some incredible things that he chose to believe and he put hard deadlines on and just work to accomplish. And, and still how they happen though is, well, it's the stuff of stories. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Nick Unsworth is a renowned business coach who is known for his expertise in Facebook advertising as CEO of life on fire. Nick's mission is to build the world's largest Christ centered platform online and to raise up leaders to grow God's kingdom. Nick sold a marketing agency by 30 years old, which is an amazing story you're going to hear in just a moment. Uh, he's coached over 3,100 people. He's consulted clients, including Damon John from Shark Tank, Spartan Races, NavySeals.com, Joe Polish, John Asraf, who we've had here on the show, Keller Williams Real Estate, Safeco Insurance, C3 Church, so many more. But he's just an incredible guy that I've had the fortune to get to know personally. He's got a big heart for people. He's got inspirational businesses and he is just a devout follower of God. Uh, join Nick. You're going to hear some of this, but you can join Nick for his life on fire challenge at lifeonfirechallenge.com where you can get a free seven day live group coaching experience designed to clarify your business vision, create a profit plan and launch yourself into action. So again, lifeonfirechallenge.com. So I'm going to bring you, Nick, and just some incredible stories that anybody who's ever pursued business is going to just resonate with and I think be inspired by. Uh, I'll do it right after I bring some great products and services to you. Nick, man, I want to jump in and uh, just, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to have you on the show. I've been thinking about it and wanting you to for a while, but kind of as an intro, what do you think to your following, to your audience, to your peers, everybody out there, what are you most known for? Yeah, so I'm most known for my background is being a business consultant. And so I specialize in experts, authors, speakers, and coaches um, on how to take their God-given assignment and how to first clarify that. So, you know, uh, there's so many different things that you can do in business. We spend more time working than anything, anything, any other task in life. Yeah. So if we can get that in alignment with what God has for you, and if we can have total clarity in a plan and an action step guide, then how can you go and build that business? And so my focus from there is, is one is clarity because uh, clarity is power. And then the second thing is um, really well known for online marketing, you know, owning and selling a digital agency yeah. and doing a lot of things with online marketing. And so I help people take that passion, that assignment, and then turn it into a business online where it's fun. It's amazing. You're making an impact, making a difference and, you know, making a good living too. So, well, and I'm going to get into kind of your story of how you got to where you are today. But again, just to give people a snapshot of where you are today, give me a, kind of a scope of your business. You know, here's the business. Here's the main face of the business as far as the you, you're, you're, where you're directing people to, where they go and where you create the majority of your revenue. Yeah, so on the business side, uh, my company is called Life on Fire, and we help people boldly live their life on fire, and that means living life to the fullest. We focus on what we call the four embers of a life on fire, which is health, wealth, love, and faith. And, um, and so where we spend the most of our time is we'll do free online challenges. And they're all very outcome focused, very specific. So we've got one, you know, on your God-given assignment and clarity and vision and goals, the Life and Fire Challenge. We also, you know, have online, how to build your business online challenges. So that's really the top of the funnel. So if you think of a big funnel, we've got content, we've got these free challenges, and then it kind of drills down where we'll then sell, you know, uh, our flagship course, Ignite Your Business Academy. And that's, you know, how to take that gifting and that passion and build it into a business in a group coaching format. 
And then from there, we have our, our coaching program. And so, uh, as you'll hear probably in my story, that a coach and a mentor um, dramatically changed my life. You know, and that's why I'm so honored to be here with, with you and Kevin and, and to be a part of the Zig Ziglar show is look at what Zig did for so many millions and millions of people. And, you know, he's a coach and a personal development icon and all the things that he did. And so that's what I get to do is is to help people clarify vision as a business coach. Yeah. And then we've got a whole suite of services to help people implement and execute and literally turn their passion into profit and help a lot of people. And so uh, that coaching uh, ends up being about 80% of all of our revenue. It's what we love to do. It's what I feel like I'm put on this earth to do. And that's my assignment is to help people live their lives on fire. Well, when you talk about that as a business methodology, your challenges, you and I talked about that a couple or a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, and I want to get into, okay, what is that? How do you make money with that? But I do want to go back and as everybody always wants to know, you know, how do you get to that, this point? Where do you start? Because we often do that, you know, hey, I was, you know, in, in a gutter and life is terrible and now I'm, you know, in a mansion, whatever. And you're, yeah, well, how did that happen? Where was that? And you've got such an incredible uh, story. So kind of take us back to the beginning of this trajectory or what, you know, what got you into it? Yeah, you know, great question. And um, what's, what's cool about, um, how I'll share my story is my goal is for it not to be about me. My goal is to, um, just speak life and hope into every single person listening. And, um, and so for me, uh, I'm going to go all the way back to when I was a kid, right? So for all of us, when we were children from zero to seven years old is the imprint period. And so many of our belief systems have been imprinted upon us from our environment and our parents, right? So for me as a kid, what I watched was I watched my father who is, you know, an honorable man. He's one of my, he's my best friend. And, um, I watched him work so hard for a company that did not treat him very good. And he sacrificed so much, you know, so he wasn't able to get to my games as a kid playing sports. He wasn't able to, you know, to, to be at everything. And, and, and we all can, you know, if, if you have kids, maybe you can relate or if you just, you know, we've all been kids, but there's one thing that kids want, which is time. I've got a mentor that says you spell love. Kids spell love, T-I-M-E, right? And I have two littles now. I've got a two and a half and a three and a half year old. And all they want is daddy's time, mommy's time. So I didn't have a whole lot of that as a kid. And I never understood it, right? I just didn't get it. Now I do. Now I see he was, you know, out working hard and providing. But the thing was, it was just always something that I wanted to figure out. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be different. I didn't want to have a job that I didn't love. And that was one of the biggest foundational principles is I realized from an early age is that, gosh, we spent so much time working. I want to find something that lights me up. Yeah. I want you to find, you know, what lights you up, right? For everyone listening. And, and some of you may, may be doing it, but if not, I want to bring that alignment. So from that, as a kid, I just was on this mission that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I was going to find a way to find my passion and, and find my purpose. And so what happened was, you know, I went to college and, um, you know, got, got a degree in business and my freshman year, uh, I got into network marketing. And so, you know, I just was like, Oh my gosh, I thought I found this gold mine, right? Like, and I'm talking to my parents, I'm talking to everybody. I'm like, I found, I found it. I found my purpose. I found the vehicle to create financial freedom and help people, you know? And I was met with just, as you can imagine, so many people come back, oh, it's a pyramid scam and all this different stuff and just all the doubters and haters, you know? Um, but I really grabbed onto it. And so that was my first, you know, what, experience what was in it? business. What was the company? It was a company called Excel Communications. Yeah. So Excel, um, they were a $2 billion company because telecom got deregulated and opened up this huge market. And so, you know, it was an amazing company. The problem was when I got into it, cell phones were just starting to come out, uh -huh. you know, and we were selling long distance and local service. So my product really wasn't great. The opportunity was cool, but the product wasn't great. And so I um, ended up doing well, I ended up breaking a record in the company and getting promoted. It wasn't easy. Every single person, I talked to that I knew up to 20, I was what, 20 years old at that time. Every person that I talked to literally said no. Not one person said, this, this is a good idea, let's do it. 
And, um, and I made this decision. I said, you know what, I've got this upline mentor guy, you know, he doesn't have an alarm clock. And I, you know, would see that he was the, you know, he was the only dad at the bus stop for his little daughter, you know, his little girl. And he was the only daddy at dance class. And that's what he would say. And so that lifestyle is what I was craving. And I just decided I was going to tear through books. You know, I was going to learn personal development and, and create some calloused skin and go for it. Well, and I, I was going to ask, yeah, where do you, where did you learn the sales to take every response as a no and then break a record? You know, so there was a couple of network marketing books that I, I tore through um, and just kind of self-taught on that. Yeah. There was, um, you know, Zig Ziglar and the sales side, you know, closing yeah. deals. Um, I learned some on that on that side. And I adopted a mentality to prove people wrong. And that became a really powerful fuel for me. And because I, I, I was very big on the declaration, I would tell people around me that but when when we graduate college, I'm going to have this M3 BMW and I created this future millionaires club in college and I'm like all in on it. And so what happened was every time that you make a declaration and you speak out your vision, you're inflating hope. You're inflating, you know, it's like this, it's like an invisible balloon that gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's inflating belief into you. So every single person that you tell, you're building your belief and every person that you tell you're creating accountability because the more people I told, I could not fail because yeah. it would be humiliating, yeah. you know, and the more people that I told, the more resources I attracted. People said, oh, you got to read this book. Oh, you got to go to the seminar. And um, so I kept telling more and more people and ended up figuring it out, learned how to network, learned how to add value and, you know, ended up getting this regional director position. And, and it was awesome. I got the M3 BMW. The big financial mistake I made was I leased it. Uh. I, you know, the, the, my mentor was like, you know, hey, when you're making a grand a month, get a car that's, uh, or when you're making a grand a week, get a car that's a grand a month. Very bad plan. <laughs> $4,000 right. a month does not justify a $1,000 lease payment, no. plus my insurance was four fifty. So as, uh, you know, I'm sure some people might guess, it ended in a little bit of a, uh, a disaster. Yeah. You know, I turned down jobs out of college. My parents were just out of their minds. Like, I can't believe my son is doing this. Like, he's out of, he's, he's out of control. And uh, sure enough, the company unexpectedly files for bankruptcy six months after I graduate. That was a really hard knock situation because I had high expenses, mm. no income. Um, it's not easy to go find a job when you're like, yeah, I've been doing this network marketing thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that led me to jumping into other network marketing companies. And I mean, I, I was just trying to find my way. So I'll, I'll kind of fast forward through some failures, but I went from that company to Shackley and selling vitamins. I got into real estate and then the market crashed, you know, so I get into real estate in the summer of 07 and move across the country for this project the whole economy implodes. Yeah. And again, I'm on the wrong side of timing. I'm on the wrong side, you know, I'm, you know, the worst timing possible. And I kept finding myself in this, you know, pile of ashes from an industry that collapsed or a company that went bankrupt. And I had a couple minor wins, but the reality was I went business to business to business to business. I was the guy, if anyone's ever heard of BNI, it's a networking group. Yep. I was the guy that one week, I had a hat on and I'm like, I'm a realtor. You know, one week I was a mortgage guy. One week I was an MLM. One week, I mean, I had tried so many different things and I'll never forget my mother saying to me, she said, Nick, uh, there is no get rich quick scheme. You've got to put in the work and, um, and you've got to, you know, uh, it's going to take time. It's going to take patience. And, you know, as a young kid, I just, I wanted everything now. Right. Um, the one thing that I, I would say that was helpful is that, you know, in pursuit of your purpose, there's always going to leave clues, right? And so when one company would fail and I'd go to the next, it was all building up who I am. It was building yeah. up, you know, tough skin. It was learning skills. And, you know, from that, I was always getting one step closer. So I was always taking it in stride. 
um, hey, until I, I want to, well, yeah, right there. Cause I, I, I said this so often and I want to bring it out again. I referenced a guy, Franz Johansson. He wrote the book, the Medici effect and the, what stuck out in that book is he was talking about entrepreneurs and kind of dispelling the myth that there's something special. There's something unique. There's something brilliant. And he says in his studies, most of them are just willing to try more things, period. And hundred percent. And like you said, and then trying the things is just, it's the best, it's the best, uh, MBA, you know, and to that, you talked about you got a degree in business and not to give a pro con necessarily to formal education. But when you look back at that and look at the value of, you know, or, or what you've done, you know, where how much value was the degree ultimately to the trajectory of your business? To me, college was, uh, I was so focused on business through college, so yeah. I did the least amount possible to just get a 3.0, and that was my goal, and hit it on the dot, on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, didn't want to, you know, dishonor my parents. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, there's so little that I've used from college. And, you know, it was fun. It was great for social. Um, but gosh, if I could have taken that money, invested it into the right coach, the right mentor, yeah. that would have been a, a major fast track. You are listening to The Ziggler Show in this episode with Nick Unsworth and just an incredible journey through a lot of failure and some sweet, sweet success. Next, Nick takes us through an intriguing story of a business he started, succeeded with, invested everything to grow, and it totally tanked. He lost it all. Many of you are going to relate, but of course, there is great redemption. So we'll jump right back in after I share some great products and services with you. I was always very optimistic, you know, that I was going to eventually make it. And, you know, I, I've been the guy that was just unwilling to give up and unwilling to quit. Right. And, and that's my superpower is just, you know, getting back up. That's really what it's been, you know, over the years. And so I've always been really optimistic, but I hit this point where, you know, I had a business that was really exciting for a moment. It was uh, called the New Perks card. And it was just a little card that had discounts to local businesses. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever seen entertainment books, yeah. um, it's like a fundraiser, right? Yeah. Well, it was 20 bucks and $10, you know, went to advertising and then $10 went to the charity of the person's choice. So I went out and I got some of the biggest nonprofits in the world. And they didn't want anything to do with me, but I was so persistent. And I said, I'm just trying to give you money. And they're like, you can't use our logo, you know? And I'm like, I don't care about your logo. You know, I just, at the end of the day, I built a shopping cart and someone buys this dang card in this little town of West Hartford, Connecticut. And when they bought it, they can walk into a store, use the thing for a year and get 10% off dry cleaning, money off groceries. You know, uh, they had, we had some of the coolest restaurants in town. Every Tuesday night, you get half off a bottle of wine, free appetizer, you know? So it was really supportive to local businesses. At the time I was a realtor, it was cool for me because I got a lot of PR. I got out, you know, on TV and in the papers and my real estate business grew in a really tough market. Um, you know, it was in a really bad time to do real estate. So it was like the first time I felt totally in alignment with purpose. I was helping consumers, helping businesses yeah. and helping nonprofits, you know, and it was born out of, you know, this desire to do something that mattered, not just make money. And so I'm like super excited about it. People are saying things like Unsworth, I think he's finally doing it. He's got something here. You know, then people are saying like, you could franchise this. And, you know, then the idea was you got to go to an advertising agency. You got to blow this thing up, prove it even more. Then you can franchise it. So I get recommended to go to this advertising agency. I've been doing everything grassroots. Everything was local. Everything was, you know, I had, had decals on all the businesses. We proudly support the new Perks card of West Hartford and all this local PRs, all just grassroots. And I go to the ad agency and I walk in and it's four guys, four partners. And they literally took my marketing plan and without reading it, they took it out of my hands. The guy swiveled in the chair and threw the dang thing right in the trash. And he said, we won't be needing that. The only way you're to create success in today's market is, is to advertise on TV, specifically in the time slot where the news is at 6 p.m. Those are the golden hours. And I'm like, yeah, but if I run ads on TV, I'm going to hit the whole state of Connecticut, right? Yep. I'm like, but my offer 
is a card that's only good in West Hartford, Connecticut. I just don't know how that makes sense. And uh, they just said, listen, kid, you know, you're young. You don't know what you're doing. This is the avenue if you really want to make it big in this world. And mind you, at this point, it's now, you know, 2008, um, late, late 2008. And, uh, and so I said, you know what, maybe all these failures that I've had are because I'm not getting out of my own way. So even though it, it, I had red flags, I didn't feel it in my gut, my spirit. Um, against that, I just, I said, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. So I, I went all in, I pushed all the chips in, I went on credit cards, I went big and, you know, 20 grand to produce a 15 second commercial, uh, 10 grand a week. And I just drained everything. Uh, I even went into debt. So here's what happened. <laughs> so by doing that, it was not targeted, right? And, and yep. picture this scenario, right? So I'm all excited. My commercial's going to air six o'clock news. I had a bunch of friends over. We got a couple bottles of wine. Here we go. The big commercial, right? I had uh, paid for bigger servers. You know, I'd done all my, my checks, make sure everything's going to work. And, and I'm imagining thousands of people buying this thing, right? That's what the expectation was. So, you know, news is on commercial airs 15 seconds it's an animation of a card you know talking about giving money to charity and helping local businesses and helping consumers it's a flash in the pants 15 seconds i run in my my room my home office i look at the computer hit refresh 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 and what do you think happened nothing <laughs> nothing i'm picturing hundred thousands if not thousands at least hundreds and refreshing it's nothing and I hit it again and hit it again. And I call authorize.net and I, I call the, you know, the, um, the guy that was running the site. And I said, what's going on, man? Something's gotta be broken. Turns out it's not broken. Turns out we got a whole bunch of traffic, tons, thousands of hit to the site, hits to the site, but nothing happened. No, not one person bought. I'm crushed, right? Fast forward a couple of weeks, I'm hemorrhaging 10 grand a week. I'm like, I got to get out of this contract. I got to get out of the contract. You don't understand I'm a kid, man. Like I can't, I can't keep paying this. And uh, they wouldn't let me out. So fast forward, I blow through a little over $50,000 total. Oh, gosh. A lot of it's on credit cards. And I made 14 sales. Oh my gosh. At 20 bucks, 14 <laughs> sales at 20 bucks. And half the money went to charity. But mind you, before that, yeah. I had a couple thousand cards in circulation. I was killing it on grassroots and I was a hero in the local market. And so I'm just crushed from this situation. And, and my thing has always been, no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance or the failure, there always has to be a blessing in disguise. There just has to. Like, like God's not going to just put you through the ringer for nothing, right? Like, I believe he's got a plan for all of us. I believe that every, even awful things that happen to us are making us stronger or allowing us to be relatable to other people in some way, shape, or form. And I believe that all of my pains and struggles have given me a unique perspective to help now that I'm a coach, help people in their businesses. Yeah. So... So fast forward, right? I, uh, I'm looking at the traffic on the website. I'm freaking out. It's still coming. Thousands of people are coming to this website and I'm calling the advertiser. You turned it off, right? You turned it off, right? It's off. It's off. There's no ads going. So I was confused as to why I was still getting traffic. No, we, could, we literally couldn't figure it out. Then all of a sudden I, I, uh, I get a big package in the mail and you know had to sign for it and it was official. I opened it up. And it's a lawsuit. It's a lawsuit for trademark infringement because my name is confusingly similar to another name. Now, the other company is a big national corporation. They do employee benefits, have nothing to do with what I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm in one little baby town, West Hartford, Connecticut. It's non-competitive. And they came at me so hard. And they asked to talk to my legal team. And I said, legal team, you're talking to them. I don't have a legal team. I'm in debt. This is something to help charities, man. And the attorneys um, just went hard. They actually ended up like feeling for me and they were apologizing on behalf of their client. And, um, and you know, because I admitted I had a couple thousand cards in circulation, the, you know, they wanted to sue with, uh, for damages, a thousand bucks per card. Long story short is I was able to just turn over my domains, turn everything over, get out from under it without, you know, coming out of pocket even more money. And the problem is, uh, what stunk was I had an attorney do a name search for me and I didn't pay the guy. 
he did it for free because he was my real estate attorney. Yeah. And so I even tried to cover my butt on that and I still got burned. So after that, I'm now like just devastated. But here's the thing again, what's the blessing in disguise? I go back and I'm like, I, I say to the attorney, why? How do you even know my name? Like, how do you even know or care about me? And you know what the answer was? The answer was, it's because you're taking money out of our pocket. And I said, how's that possible? They said, because you're ranking, outranking us on Google. So Google's algorithm is pretty basic before, right? So all the TV traffic made Google think that my website was relevant. So on a national basis, man, I'm at the top of Google getting thousands and thousands and thousands of unique people taking away their right. uh, traffic. And so here I am, the, the only person in the world trying to figure out, how do I get off of Google? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want it. I don't need it. Yeah. You know, my offer wasn't relevant. So, so that crushed me and it put me into a really dark place. For the first time, I started second guessing everything. Yeah. I started, um, people around me were saying things like, man, you should be more like your brother. Go get a job. Nick, this is your 11th failure. You're a failure, right? Like they don't get the entrepreneurial journey. And so... I had parents, everyone was just saying, you got to give, give it up, man. You're at this point, you know, you're 28 years old. Your friends are buying houses. Your friends are getting married. Your friends are having kids. When are you going to grow up? And so my health started to go. I, uh, you know, I hit about 213 pounds and, uh, you know, the doctors literally thought I was going to have a heart attack. So I had to wear a mobile EKG unit, no, those little suction cups on my chest in a pack on my belt to monitor my heart. That's how much stress I was under. How am I gonna pay my bills? How am I gonna get out of this mess? I can't get a job, you know? Um, so that's how dark it got. I had moments, um, I even had suicidal moments. Um, I, it was, I was drinking a lot. I was just trying to escape. And it was really, really bad, really dark. And um, all of a sudden my mom, this is a big turning point. So, yeah. you know, the. The big turning point was my mom hands me a book. It's a book called The Secret. A lot of Christians kind of give it some flack. At the end of the day, the book has Bible verses in it. And that book, I read it in one sitting and I realized that I'm in control of my destiny. I'm in control of my thoughts. And as a result, I'm in control of my future and I get to write my own story. And that's for all of us. We get to do that, you know? And so that book inspired me to, to give it one last chance. That book inspired me to rekindle my dream, which was to sell a company before 30. It inspired boldness and it inspired my faith. So I read that book and I say, God, if you're real, I'm going to need a miracle. So dude, I write a letter to myself as a visualization of what my life will look like on my 30th birthday when I wake up. So I write this letter out and it's, and it's, you know, going from this crummy place I lived, you know, in, in Hartford, uh, moving to San Diego, living on the water and overcoming all the odds and selling a business by 30. Now, mind you, I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. I was still licking my wounds from the last failure. So um, I decide that, you know, I've got my letter. I start telling people like crazy, hey, I'm, this is what I'm going to go do. And I even say, you know, all right, I, I need a miracle. I tattooed a cross on my chest and I put a date on it because a goal without a date is just a wish. Hey, Nick, and I, I don't want to dig in there for a second. So we're at the writing letter and you told me a little bit about this story earlier. And, you know, but you, coming back just to the declaration, you, you just said a couple mm -hmm. things, you know, you're making these declarations from a tattoo to telling friends to writing a letter to yourself. And you a minute ago, you, you talked about reading the book and realizing, you know, I'm in control. So we do have a lot of Christians in the audience, a lot of believers and those statements, there's a lot of baggage around those. I mean, but making that declaration, I hear a lot of people these days who don't claim uh, the same faith that we do, who talk about, you know, I, the, the universe is going to conspire to make everything right. Or Christians to say, I'm going to make that declaration and God will make it all happen. And we're going to get it. It's getting into doctrine and, and you know, some deep, yeah. deep water though. But what you say is the tangible reality of what I've experienced and what I believe, honestly, that you make that declaration and people, you said before, people start providing you resources, you start making the appropriate steps towards that. And, you know, we're back to Ziegler and, and goal setting. That's what it is in yeah. essence, but you're bringing accountability into it. 
And it makes sense when you decide, I mean, my gosh, we all do that for a trip. Hey, we're going to go this direction. We're going to drive cross country. We're going to take this interstate. And by proxy, that tells you, okay, we're probably going to eat along this route. We're going to stay in these cities. I mean, you just start making those, those, those steps. And, you know, are you in control? Yeah. I, I don't think God micromanages us and he's mm. there. And, and obviously there's, a, again, a lot of doctrine there, but He's not waiting. For, he's, he's not looking for us to sit on the floor and wait for him to levitate us out of the room. We still have to walk. And so, I, again, that's why I appreciate your story. It is the tangible reality of, uh, you know, of looking to God, but also knowing that you got to put your feet down and walk forward. Absolutely. And, you know, on the declaration side, it doesn't even have to have any faith context, which is a great thing. It's, you know, it's. Um, you know, if you are a believer in whatever that is, that's great because you can pray on it. Um, but we've got, shoot, we've trained, you know, thousands of people over the years and, you know, we've, we work with all people, you know, and from whatever backgrounds. And so the declaration in and of itself, we're not sitting back saying the universe is going to do all this. It's no, no, no. It's by you speaking out your vision. And that's the big thing is that when you have a vision on the inside, if you don't tell people, then it's, it's just something that you're, you're allowing yourself to play small yeah. because if you don't tell people there's no accountability, if you don't tell people, you're never going to fail because you're really never going to do it. And what we find is that when you speak that vision out, as scary as it is, and if your vision doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. Mm. So for me to speak out, I'm going to sell a company in two years. I had no clue of this three-letter word that everyone gets stuck on, which is the how. I had no clue what the how was. The only thing I knew is I had a vision. And I had a deadline and then I, I, I burned the boats, meaning I didn't give myself any room to fail. I, I, I with the tattoo with the flipping date on it, I knew that I'm either going to hit this or I'm going to have to explain what this, what this stuff is that's written backwards so I can read it in the mirror. Mm -hmm. But you, if you looked at me, Kevin, you'd be like, dude, what, what's that gibberish? <laughs> but I could read it, you know? And I'm like, I don't want to explain that to my kids one day when I have them, you know, that I failed. So I'm like, I'm going to, no matter what I'm going to do, I'm going to burn the boats. There's no backup plan. And so when I did that and I started telling everybody, that's the cool part about the declaration, as you were mentioning, is it attracts resources. So here's what happened. People came back to me and said, Nick, because before I was never super clear in my vision, I was always floundering and trying stuff. And, but um, I'd never been this bold. And so they said, Hey, if you're going to sell a company, you got to go hire this guy named Eben Pagan. He's your guy and he's the mentor that you need. And so I had no clue who he was. I didn't know what a mastermind even meant, but I got that from like six or seven different people. And so I find him online and I find this video where he's, I feel like he's talking to me personally and he's explaining what he's going to do. And it's a mastermind. And so it's, the problem is it's 5,000 bucks. I didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. I didn't have room on credit cards. I wasn't sure how I was going to pay my bills the next month. And, but I knew in my gut, this was my guy. And I also knew that I had been doing everything alone. And that's one of the biggest traps as an entrepreneur is we, we do things alone. We lone yeah. wolf it. And I never really had a great mentor or great coach, you know, that, that had my back. And so, um, I ended up getting resourceful, you know, as Tony Robbins says, it's not about your resources. It's about your ability to become resourceful. So I get a friend to go in halves. I call up my discover card relentlessly and asked him for more room on the card. I'm like, I'm 28 years old. I've been with you for 10 years. I've never been late on a payment in my life. I need a little bit more room. And then I'm going to be able to pay you back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they said, no, 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 no. Until finally I kept escalating to their, you know, to the managers and the managers. Finally, they, they bumped it. And I was so broke, man. I had to fly across the country too, to get to this thing. I was so broke. I had to bring protein mix in a sandwich bag. So if you're not rolling to events, you know, and not sure how you're going to eat, then you're in a better place than I was. <laughs> and so I would literally have a bag and I'd take the hotel cup and, and people would go do lunch together and I'd run to my room. And you know what I did? I put a smile on my face and I said, this is the event that's going to change everything. Anybody that invests in themselves, I always tell our clients like, make the decision that you're going to be a top success story. I was declaring that on a testimonial video. I said, Eben, if you ever see this man, I'm going to be your number one success story. 
And I, I just, I was speaking what I wanted. My mind wanted me to speak despair. It wanted me to speak debt and all this garbage. But I realized that I have to speak life into my vision. I keep inflating that vision. And uh, so at that event, here's what happened. And I believe this is a lesson for everybody is that I learned that my whole story leaves clues. Your story leaves clues. And so the fact that um, I kept failing what Eben saw, you know, it's like a coach can see something that you can't see, right? So I always like to describe it like a mason jar. If we just picture that we're all inside of like a, a mason jar, like a pickle jar, the coach can see the label on the outside. But when you're inside the jar, it just looks white. You, you don't know what it says. And he heard my story and he looked at me and said, Nick, the, the thread of your life as an entrepreneur is you've never been good at marketing. The company that failed because the TV commercials were broad and not targeted. Why don't you take that and turn it into your purpose and be on a mission to help local businesses actually profit from advertising instead of failing because print and TV and radio were dying in those yeah. days, right? And I'm like, aha, okay, what do I do? He goes, go be a Facebook marketing expert. Now, 2010, that's brand new. No one even knows what that means. So I come back from the event. And I said, mom and dad, I'm going to be a Facebook marketing expert. I tell my, my ex-girlfriend of seven years at the time, I'm going to be a Facebook marketing expert. You know what they said? And other people said, but Nick, you're not even on Facebook. <laughs> like, dude, you're not even on Facebook. This is the worst idea you've had yet. And this is something that we all face as entrepreneurs, yeah. the imposter syndrome. I'm not good enough, right? Um, who am I to be an expert? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm going to learn this business. I'm going to do work for people for free and I'm gonna prove my value, and then I'm gonna grow from there, and that's what I did. I did stuff for free. Uh, I call it the anchor client strategy. Once I knew what I was doing, I went back to Eben. I went back to influencers. I got an anchor client, someone of influence. I started running their ads. As soon as I became cool, because I was the guy running ads for all the big names, everyone wanted to work with me. My pricing went up. So all of a sudden, I went from this major struggle to now I'm like multiple six figures, I'm getting out of debt. And it's just, it's, it's literally everything that I had written in the letter. Now the letter didn't describe Facebook, the letter yeah. didn't describe the how, it, I just knew where I was going. And so when I would have a hard day, I'd read the letter. When I get knocked down, I'd read the letter. And so I built success with it, you know, started growing, I started getting speaking engagements and crazy things started happening. Um, and, but people would still come back and say, all right, man, looks like you're doing good. You know, but how are you going to sell the business? You're tuned, you, you turn 30 in 45 days, 60, you know, I, people were saying that, like, how's that tattoo going to treat you? And you know what I kept doing? Dude, I kept reading the letter, building my belief, believing it was possible, even though it seemed impossible. So here's what happened. My biggest client, a guy named Scott, called him Scott from Wisconsin. I'm, um, my biggest client. He was my first five-figure client, first six-figure client. He got this big project in the insurance industry, raised 36 million bucks for it. He said, Nick, I need you full-time. I need all of you. And I said, Scott, man, I can't do it. I have all these clients. I can't just be put all my eggs in one basket. I don't have the bandwidth. I don't have the time. And he said the magic words, why don't I just buy your business? <laughs> man, I dropped to my knees and I just started crying, dude. I just, I started weeping. It's unreal. And I, I literally... I mean, I put the phone down and I was just, I was just crying because it was like, I had been through so much pain for so many years and I never knew how it was going to happen. And here's a guy that I knew, I never thought he would be the guy that would buy the business. And you know, what's nuts is that guess where I met the guy. I met him at the mastermind hmm. that I borrowed money to get to that I never would have known of if I didn't declare my vision. Yeah. And so now, mind you, he now knows I have this tattoo. He knows <laughs> he got a bargain buying my business. He had a, a mergers and acquisitions team that did best buy in Geek Squad. Like, imagine that. Uh, up against little old me. Well, I got my butt kicked in the, in the negotiations. It did close before I turned 30. I made a few bucks. It was really cool. Um, from that situation, I achieved this big milestone, right? I achieved my letter. So... This is where, you know, you could look at it and say, okay, good for this guy, right? He did it. He achieved this big dream, this big vision. It was cool. Here's the problem. In my letter, I did not write about love. Mm. 
in my letter, I didn't write about my health. In my letter, um, I didn't write about fun. So I had inadvertently built my life to be kind of like my dad's. Now, I loved what I was doing, but I had inadvertently found myself working like a a mad dog. I found myself once, uh, you know, my company got acquired that I was now basically an employee. I had to work for two years to do this thing called an earnout. I didn't know what that meant. And I moved to San Diego. I got the place on the beach. I did all the things in my letter. But the problem was I had nobody to enjoy it with. And it's and what's interesting, from the beginning of your story, you've talked a couple of times about your initial motive to be an entrepreneur was you didn't want to be like your dad. You wanted the freedom you know, to be with kids. And a minute ago, you, you mentioned kids again. I and mean, what an interesting, consistent motive that you, which is my, that's my, my stick there is, you know, what is the motive is everything without that, you know, nothing's going to happen. You had that motive and yet what you did, yeah, was not, had, had really no direction to support that specifically. That's interesting. Yeah. And it it was more, um, more financially motivated and it wasn't balanced. And so when I got to San Diego, didn't have any friends out here, uh, didn't have love, and um, I found myself literally drinking a beer on my balcony and looking over Sail Bay in Pacific Beach, San Diego, had achieved it. But I felt, I honestly felt so duped. I felt so um, stupid for not thinking about the other areas of life. Yeah. And, and it was so empty and it was so, um, I felt so alone and it was not as bad. I mean, I had made some money, so it's not like this big sob story, but it, it, it didn't feel like I thought it was going to feel. And that's when I realized that, that business is, it's, it's about being in alignment and purpose and helping people, which I had been doing. I was helping people, but man, that's where I came to the stance of it's health, wealth, love, and faith, you know, and, and, the, and, and life is so much more than just making money and so much more than just a business. And so from that, I said, if I got a mentor and it worked once, and it got me here. Mm-hmm. Now I need a mentor that's going to help me put the whole thing back, you know, put my whole life hey, together. On the mentor, I don't want to forget too that uh, Evan Pagan, uh, folks listening, we had him on the show. I never, I don't, oh, nice. I never even told you that. It's, uh, it's been a while ago. It was episode 567. So it was at the uh, request uh, or, or the advocacy of Mark Tim, actually. He says, man, this guy, Evan Pagan. And I, when he told me that, it was just probably a year ago or so, uh, back in like, late 90s, 99, 2000, I was involved in a business and Evan Pagan was a part of a business that we did some stuff with. So I knew the guy's name. So it's just so great to hear the testimony and fruition that you're sharing from him. So uh, there, there's the first mentor. So now you're, now you're to another mentor. Yeah. You know, and, and now at this point, it's like, um, I just needed, I needed someone to help, you know, I figured if coaching worked once, you know, I need, I need the right coach to help me, you know, live uh, a balanced life and, and, and now but also figure out what I was going to do because I wasn't happy, you know, working on this insurance project and I wasn't happy doing the earnout. I mean, I was flying to, to Minnesota almost every weekend because that's where their office was. And so I'm like, this is no way to live. I can't even enjoy San Diego. I can't even make friends and I can't even date because of what has happened. So I, uh, I ended up, creating space. Sometimes we've got to let go of something, you know, to open up another door. And, um, I walked away from the second year of the earnout. I walked away from a bunch of money I was supposed to make. And I said, I'd rather, you know, um, you know, struggle financially and be happy than have money and, and be miserable. And so, um, I walked away from it. I ended up, um, finding a coach and, um, it was the same process. It was, looking at my story and looking at where I was at. And she asked me a question I'll never forget. She says, Nick, what's your stance? She said, what pisses you off? And, uh, and I shared, I mean, what my stance, what pisses me off is that people become entrepreneurs to live this fancy, lavish lifestyle and have all this time freedom and financial freedom. But the reality is we build cages. We build jails for ourselves. We build self-employment businesses that that offer less freedom than a job because we are our worst critic and we're harder on ourselves than a boss would be mm-hmm. and there's no regulations to to treat ourselves nice you know right, and right. and uh and i'm like i want to help people i want to take all my pain all of the things i've learned all of my expertise in marketing and i want to help people 
to know the truth because I was also, my stance was I didn't like that gurus would sell a bunch of stuff and, and charge people a bunch of money and not give them what they need. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to build something that is going to, you know, create success stories. I'm going to build coaching company that we're going to go the extra mile. We're going to do our courses live. We're going to, you know, do hands-on coaching where most people don't want to touch it because it's a lot of work. And so, um, so she actually helped me name life on fire and it's about the journey, not the destination. We came up with the embers and, and it was really wild because at that point in my life, I believed in God, but I wasn't actively, you know, it wasn't a big part of my life. And, um, but I knew from that moment, you know, I start life on fire. I'm like, cool, this feels like me. This is my whole life story wrapped into three words, life on fire. And uh, so I was really excited about it. Came out of the gate, kicking butt as a coach, helping people. And then it was like, well, shoot, I need love because this company's really cool. We're doing these fun events. We're do- it's super exciting. Um, but I'm like, I need someone to do it with me. And my dream was to have uh, – for my wife to be in business with me for, for years. I always wanted to have a partner in, in life and in business. So what do you think I did, man? I went out, I wrote my letter. Uh-huh. I wrote in vivid detail to the color of her hair all the way down to she was going to help me grow my faith. I didn't even know what that meant, but I allowed me to just, you know, it's like if you believe in God, allow the spirit to flow as you're writing this thing out. And I wrote it as if I achieved it and I put a deadline. So I'm at my, my coach's event. I'm in front of 350 people and I read my letter and declare in front of 350 people. And I said, this time next year, when I come back to this event, I will be bringing my fiance. I will be bringing the woman I'm engaged to. And let me just tell you about her. And I read, I read my letter. That's incredible. Now I get off the stage. People are asking me, is she here? She sounds awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. That was a letter of who I'm going to meet. They're like, well, you must be dating her, right? I'm like, no, no, I'm going to meet her. And they're like, but you said you're going to be engaged in a year. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to meet her in the year. But like, but what if you don't meet somebody in a year? And I said, well, I have to. And I said, that's what I'm going to choose to believe. I can choose to believe it's never going to happen. I can choose to settle or I can choose that I'm going to meet the woman of my dreams, my soulmate in the next year. And Parkinson's law is your task is going to expand or contract based around your deadline. So I don't want, you know, at that point I was, you know, what, 30, 31. I'm like, I don't want to wait. So from that letter, I then, you know, do some work with another coach, a resource up to get, um, to work through some of just my relational stuff and clear some baggage, that kind of stuff. And um, sure enough, I end up meeting her through just an unbelievable scenario. Um, I picked up my phone and Tinder was open, the, the dating app. I literally knew from a picture that that's the person that I had been believing for and reading in my letter. Um, I've, you know, had such a peace. I, I literally knew that she would be my wife, most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And, and all the things I wrote in the letter were happening. And so fast forward, I meet her and I'm just trying to like, you know, um, do whatever I can to, you know, to kind of, um, move, you know, to, to, to date her and to, uh, and to get to know her. And so she was super busy. So sure enough, the, o- the only way that I could get to see her was our first date, which wasn't really a date, was going to church with her. That's how you know this is a God story and a miracle yeah. because it's like I had never, I mean, I was a little bit of a party animal. I had never done a first date at church. And I go to this church. I've never seen anything like it. It's non-denominational, worship music, band, pastors are speaking like a Zig Ziglar event or a Tony Robbins right, event, you right. know, and I'm like, this is insane. And so I get plugged in. I'm like, I'm trying to impress her. So I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll be an usher. I'll join the teams. I'll start serving, man. I'm like going all in. I'll go to men's prayer. I'll... And here's what happened. Not only did I fall in love with the love of my life, but I also fell in love with, with Jesus, man. I fell in love with God. And, and I realized that my stance And this company, Life on Fire, that I thought it was always a secular business when I started, it ended up evolving into my greatest passion and greatest desire is is to help people take their purpose and assignment, turn it into a business, and to give back and to build the kingdom, right? And so, you know, we, we work with people from all walks of life, but like we've found this lane working with Christian entrepreneurs where it's become more of a mission and a movement and a cause, 
instead of a company. And so, you know, even if I had $10 billion in my checking account, or if I never needed to work again, like this is the thing that lights me up. Well, and and it's you, not just- you, you wrote, I love what you wrote, that your God-given assignment to build the world's largest platform online that will inspire the masses to follow Jesus. It sounds like you're going to start a mega church. And yeah, and, and here's the cool thing. It's not a church. Yeah. That's the best part is churches have geographic restrictions, yeah. even telechurches. So, that, so what um, has been revealed to me over time is using all the resources to help people with their, their, their vision and their goals and building a business online and uh, helping people generating revenue with their expertise or passion. But it's bigger than that. Whereas, you know, going out and interviewing celebrities and athletes and Olympians and everyday people and getting their stories, their testimony of how they encountered God. Because when you hear somebody's story of how they had an encounter with God, it's radical. And it's, it's, it's not like, oh, everything was perfect and then I met God and then it got even better. It's like, no, there was a, a, a big problem. There was, you know, Kanye West, the dude's rich and this and that, but but he... Um, was having massive struggles in his life and had an encounter with God. And now he's turned a whole new leaf, you know, and, and what we want to do is we want to build a platform where it's okay to share your faith, where it's okay to love everybody, right? People of different backgrounds, people of different faiths. I have my stance. I love Jesus. But at the end of the day, we're not going to be judgmental to other people. It's just building something where it becomes cool to talk about your faith instead of what the media has told us and what life has told us is, is shame on you for talking about your faith. You don't talk about politics. You don't talk about religion and to build it in a non-religious way. And so, you know, we're just on this mission, you know, to, to build everything out and make it shareable for people. So it's kind of crazy how all that stemmed out of you know, a series of declarations. And that's why you're here. It's an incredible, incredible story, Nick. And yeah, with that, so I, I read your, so you've got your internal mission, your undergirding mission, and it is to inspire the masses to follow Jesus. Yet when you go to life on fire, or right now you've got life, the life on fire challenge, you are speaking to people about how you can help them with their and face value with their business. They're thinking about that. Yeah. You, you speak to the life, obviously it's a part of your, part of your, uh, you know, your, your brand life on fire, but they're coming to you with business in mind, with money in mind, which we know yeah. that out in the marketplace, there's no bigger demand than for that. So they're coming to you for that. Uh, but obviously coming because there's lots of places you can go to for that. They're coming for the spirit that they perceive that they've had testimony about. They come in there and do that. And through that, you get access to, you have credibility, you have permission back to that permission marketing, uh, to speak into their lives and to try to fulfill what your mission is. And so, so take us into the tangible pieces of, okay, so today, this is what we do. The business does this. You talked about challenges and I, even being in this arena, I told you last week when we talked, I'm not super familiar with a a challenge, you know? So here you are and your uh, testimony or story to me was, you know, here you are, you're charging for a product, charging for a service. And then you decided we're not going to charge anything. We're going to bring people in. Okay. How do you make money doing that? So give us some nuts and bolts then of this business that is then driving, supporting the spirit that we've just heard the story of. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And, and, and so what I'm going to share is it's a business model that anyone can, you know, to deploy in your own business, which I think is cool. And it's basically, we used to charge for our challenges and I'll define what that means, uh, what a challenge is. Uh, but, but, basically realize that if we just give it for free, we can give first, we can add value first, we can help people get a result first. And then if they want to do more with us, that's great. That's awesome. But it's non-salesy, non-pushy. It's more of an attraction marketing as opposed to feeling like you have to sell, sell, sell. So as an example, our Life on Fire Challenge, just lifeonfirechallenge.com, it's completely free. It's seven live sessions and these live sessions are delivered over Zoom. We'll have, you know, a couple to a few thousand people on these sessions in a Facebook group. So what happens is you're building such an unbelievable amount of community and you've got an outcome in mind. So the outcome for the yeah. Life on Fire Challenge is you're gonna get so crystal clear on what your life on fire looks like. Health, wealth, love, faith. What are those specific, what's your vision 
for your most epic life, right? The things that, you know, for you to boldly decide what your vision is. And then we actually help you build it out into an actionable plan. So what's the company going to be, right? We put a focus on entrepreneurship because that's the greatest need in the marketplace. That's what most people want. Oh. It's kind of like we, we, we give people what they want. And as they get to know us, we weave in, you know, the other areas of life. We weave in, you know, mindset and all this other stuff that they need. And so the outcome Which, is, and let's speak it for people because as a business guy, I know this and I am so prone to violate it, especially when I have an idealistic uh, goal out here. But what you just said is we give them what they want so that we can give them what they need. And, you know, in my own story, I tanked a business by trying to force what I thought they needed down their throats. And it doesn't work that way, the marketplace. So you're doing you know, best business practices on giving them what they want so you can uh, uh, give them what they need. And I also wanna just pull out, you mentioned, you know, hey, we're, you know, so we go out there and we get thousands of people that from a marketing standpoint, back to your story of, okay, marketing and Facebook, you mm -hmm. told me that you're primarily getting those people through what you're an expert at, Facebook ads, true? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and what's cool is that when you've got something that's specific and it's like, hey, you're going to get seven live sessions with this Nick Unsworth and Megan Unsworth, who's my partner in the business. And uh, and we're both highly trained coaches. We've got, you know, a lot of proof on the page. We've worked with, you know, some celebrities and some cool stuff. And and so we just demonstrate that that, you know, um, we lead with just vulnerability and authenticity, you know, we're, we're the good guys, you know, we're a lot of people are out there to take, 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 and, and, and it's just clear. It's like, Hey, we're going to just give this to you. We're going to add a ton of value. All you've got to do is commit to being their life. If you can't be their life, get the replays. And then it brings them through a process. So what happens is that when somebody has a peak emotional experience during this thing, and we create that experience, you know, in a variety of ways, we use some really cool techniques and we have people tangibly doing things. We have people um, creating momentum during the process. How they win the challenge is they physically make their vision board of what they're committing to achieving. Mm -hmm. And so th they'll literally physically make it and they will actually take a picture of it and post it on social media and say, this is what I'm going to go build. This is what my vision is. And when you take a human being and you get them clear on their vision, it doesn't matter if they don't have money. It doesn't matter if they're brand new. It doesn't matter where they're at. If they have, if you have a vision, you will get over obstacles. You will find a way. You will become resourceful. So I find that vision is the is the most important piece of the puzzle. So when someone's clear, and they're not just clear in their head, they're clear on paper. Yeah. They're clear with tangible goals. This isn't some wishy-washy law of attraction, vision board, manifestation. Heck no, there's none of that. This is tangible you know, uh, I'm a realist. I'm, you know, what are you going to go out and get? And we want you to be conservative with it. We want you to commit to it. And then we want you, uh, so they declare in the group, which creates accountability and attracts resources. It's optional. It's very much encouraged to go public and to do what I've done. And what many of our clients do is to share it publicly because people will get clients from it. People will, you know, uh, get the resources they need to go build it. So by the end of this thing, You've got total clarity. You've got your goals. You've got a roadmap on what to do and how to do it. And what we find is that if whether someone takes the next step with us or not, we have a really high success rate. And that was part of how, why we built it this way. We're one of the pioneers of challenges, been doing challenges for five and, years. And that again, what you just talked about, going through the seven part challenge, coming out with their vision board, that is what you were charging. Uh, yeah. Give me the number. You were charging X amount and then went. We've charged as much as a thousand bucks for it because it really is like a group coaching program. Yeah. Uh, we charged, we did a lot of, you know, uh, had a lot of clients at 497. And then uh, recently we dropped it down to 47 bucks and we had thousands of, of clients at $47. And then more recently we said, you know what? Why have any, why have any obstacles? Let's just make this thing free and let's just bless people. Let's get lots of people in. And then it becomes referable. People refer this thing like crazy. How do you deal so, with just the value? I mean, cause you know, the age old, uh, issue of pricing and value that people associate to you that somebody could say, well, gosh, if it's a thousand bucks, I perceive the value is going to be higher. I mean, we've all had those discussions at zero. Gosh, do they actually perceive the value of it? Do you just have so many testimonials, so much credibility? And you said momentum inertia behind you that it, that equates to value, even though you're not charging for it now. Yeah. what? And that's a great question because, you know, free, 
you know, when, when people don't pay for it, they don't pay attention, you know, and there is, you know, when, when it's paid, I mean, we're talking about getting 75% plus to not just do the thing, to finish and make their vision board. And like, that's a, it takes time to do that, yeah. right? So our success rate is just insane. Now with it being free, it's more like 50%. So, but here's the, the thing is that by it being free, we've 10X the amount of people that we right. have in. So our impact is bigger, but here's how people end up getting exci excited about it. In the beginning, yeah, they might come into it. They might've been on another challenge that was kind of mediocre, how it was run, but they get into ours. They quickly realize our heart. They quickly realize that we know what we're doing and they see so much fruit. They see so much progress of the people posting that it becomes one of these things where it, it pulls everyone together to want to finish. And so it's really the collective power of the community hmm. along with, you know, very tangible teaching that has simple action steps, you know, so it's a process. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll get about 50% of people to actually finish and complete it. And we gamify it. We have tons of prizes, like anyone that just does it, you know, enter to win prizes. And then how we, you know, get customers from that is it's a very soft offer. And just say, listen, what'd you think of the challenge? People are going nuts. Like, oh, it's amazing. Well, cool. If you want support to help you take this vision you have and go deeper, then as you know, we're coaches. Meg and I, were coaches. We have a team of coaches. Like this is our passion. We have two levels for a thousand bucks. We'll go deeper and you get a year with us in a group level, right? So it's kind of like having access to us like you did in the challenge, but for a year, then you've got, you know, you want to actually receive hands on tangible one-on-one -on -one coaching with us. Cool. There's that package. And we never are pushy about it. We just say, Hey, here's what we have. Cause people are asking. And, uh, and what happens is people are pumped because it's not pushy. They've already gotten results. So we'll have a lot of people that will jump in that group. And for the right people that are at the right stage of their business or life that will say, I'm ready to get the right mentor. And, um, you know, kind of like how I got the right mentor in my story. And it's allowed us to build, you know, a really strong seven figure business and, um, and do it in a way that um, we've built up so many happy customers for free. And we love what we do because we're not working with the wrong people. Cause if you sell people into coaching and you're pushy, 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 then that's where you get into problems later. Yeah. You know, if of non-payment and that kind of stuff, whereas like we're only work with the right people, yeah. you know, we have people apply and we, we vet it out and we don't take everybody, you know? So then our fulfillment's really fun for our private clients. You know, b back to your story of saying you wrote out, like, especially the one where you're going to create this business and this amount of time and here's your deadline and you're going to sell it. And you talked about, I didn't know those big, those three letters, how, how I was going to mm -hmm. do it. You, but you had the what, and that's what drove you. So in essence, your business model is that you're having them come in, you're giving them this product that you were selling, uh, it, to help them clarify what they want, which to me is, is, is motive. It's the ultimate question. Uh, what do you want? What do you want? And get them clear <laughs> on that. Then they're so stoked to have some clarity on what they want, which most people don't. And then it's saying, Hey, if you'd like us to help you learn how to get it, is that fair? Then here are yep. your options. Okay. Yep. You got it. Yeah. And then, yep. and then you, and then is it more to a business focused offering at that point? It, it, Building it is. Business. Yeah. yeah. I would say that, you know, 95% of our clients, it's really about, um, and we find that most people, they, what they want is they want more income. They want to mm. feel like they have a, a, a meaningful purpose with what they're doing. And in almost any scenario, when you boil it down, it comes back to taking their passion and finding a way to monetize it. And our method for that is, is going to be, you know, creating experts, authors, speakers, and coaches, you know, and what we're really good at is taking that message that you have on the inside and how to build a business online, you know, create content it can be a YouTube show, a podcast, a book, um, you know, and, and learning how to turn that into a business and so we have a lot of people that will eventually leave their jobs. Sometimes yeah. people, it's kind of on the side, but uh, it usually has that business focus uh, more than anything. Yeah. It, it's just an incredible story, Nick. I mean, this is the heart of Ziegler, of the why and, and having for you the faith-based aspect of that and then seeing it walk out out there in the marketplace. 
that you're doing best business practices. And of course, I'll give people you know more information on lifeonfirechallenge.com. That's where they can go and uh, connect with you. Any other specific connection points you want to give, or is that pretty much the primary yeah, one? Yeah, that, that's great. And okay. that's, um, again, you know, totally free. We'll over-deliver like crazy. Uh, yeah. you'll, you'll be a part of uh, just an awesome process because we all do it together. It's not just a bunch of videos. We do it at the same time. So, yeah. you know, you can hop in for free, and then we've got one coming up, and we'll have a, an army of people on a mission together. Yeah. We'll get it done together. We'll lock arms together. And then, you know, we, and then we spice it up. You know, we've got a challenge about how, about specifically how to build your business online. You know, we've got a couple of different types of challenges and, and, you know, we we share those, we make them public available to everybody and, um, you know, help people get what they want. So. Nick, thank you, man. Thank you for being willing to come here and tell the story. I don't know if there's anything as motivating and inspiring to hear the real story. And I, I wrote so many notes out, you know, that I'll put in the intro, but I love that 28 years old. And the primary things is you had 11 failures, Nick, 11 failures, and yet to come from there. And this aspect of writing it out, making that declaration. I mean, what's back to, I just did a show with Tom Ziegler and we got into talking as we often do about Zig Ziglar's, you know, self-talk cards, those affirmations, how powerful yep. they are. We hear that so many people have heard it, but the amount of people who've ever, ever, as you know, actually done it, written something down with any clarity. And as you said, a deadline, which I would be nowhere without a deadline. That is my, that is my magic wand right there is the deadline. Otherwise, uh, it just doesn't happen. So I, I have to artificially like that. I have to manifest those deadlines, put them down there, being accountable. It's just such a great, solid message, man. Thank you for taking the time for sharing your heart. And I am grateful for what you're doing out there in the world and in the marketplace. We need more of it, Nick. Thanks, brother. Man, you're so welcome. And I'm, I'm so grateful to be on the show. So thank you, brother. Absolutely. Well, just incredible stories. As you can hear, I don't know the last show that I talked so little in as I just wanted to hear Nick's stories. Uh, those you know failures and then ultimate successes. Some of the failures may make you feel like, hey, mine wasn't so bad. Hopefully it will give you permission to step out, make some declarations and go after what you believe you should go after. Uh, again, you can join Nick for his Life on Fire Challenge at lifeonfirechallenge.com where you can get a free seven-day live group coaching experience designed to clarify your business vision, create a profit plan, and launch yourself into action. Well, coming up in episode 802, succeeding when others say you can't. When someone important in your life, someone you respect or someone in authority states their lack of belief in you and your ability, it generally either crushes you or it may empower you. But the point here is not trying to prove people wrong and talk about that necessarily, but just to recognize how daunting and limiting this can be and how wrong it can be. So in the show, I play a four minute clip from Zig Ziglar on the power of setting goals. And he tells a story of legendary coach uh, of Notre Dame, Lou Holtz. And in Lou's first coaching job, the head coach came in or a, a new one came in, kindly told Lou, you know what? You're not cut out to be a coach. I encourage you to get into some other field. Well, it's a strong message. And from it, I asked the Ziegler audience, you know, who has succeeded at something that someone told you you could not do or should not attempt? Incredible, incredible stories, comments came back from people who were told such things and what they did about it. And some of them that, that didn't come out on an all rosy and fine story, but then a lot who did succeed in spite of these sharings. And I think it will be profound to you if anyone has ever even showed doubt in you and it made you question yourself. Uh, and again, it's not to just discount that, but it is to realize that what you receive from other people is just that it's from people, real people, and they can be wrong. So I hope you'll tune into that show till then folks. Thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. <laughs>